So I want to say hello to Mike Jarrett. Now, Mike has joined us because he communicated with us following our heat pump series of videos on heat pumps. And he actually worked for one of the big uh, heat pump installer companies, one of the national companies. I'm not going to say which one. And the reason I'm not going to say which one is because these things can get very protracted. We can end up in legal wrangles. You know, some people say, oh, you should name and shame. But I think yeah, they've got to be realistic and think we're not rich. We can't employ lawyers, you know, for thousands of pounds to fight these cases. So we'll talk generally about it and see what people make of it. Mike, give us a little bit of background. You you started, what, you a plumber or what, installer or what? Yeah, well, I'm plumbing, heat and engineer uh, since 2007. I've worked on site, worked as a service engineer for another large company as well and i'm quite interested in technology so i thought right maybe i want to look into the heat pump side of things i was really intrigued about the way they worked but also intrigued about there not being much information about it so the confusion of hearing everything around what the market's saying is it a good way to go i thought right just dive in and just figure it out so that's kind of how okay. i ended up doing heat pumps right so you started doing heat pumps before you started subbing for a big contractor or what how does that work i've done the servicing before but it's kind yeah. of like it was last last year, um, say February, started for um, a smaller company near Oxford. They had just started up. They wanted to get into air source heat pumps. Um, that didn't quite work out. They were still trying to search, trying to figure out which direction they wanted to go. Um, and I got an offer from this company just basically saying, look, we'll train you up to the eyeballs. We're a new vibrant company um, in heat pumps. It's kind of, to me, it seemed like an ideal place to kind of work for because they've got the technical know-how they come across as really intelligent and wanting to do good um, and that's kind of why I chose that company as well so are you now trained up to the eyeballs then no not at all <laughs> <laughs> maybe self-trained <laughs> self-trained yeah yeah well it's crazy because um we'd kind of started out there was three of us um and we we're all heating engineers one of them was self-employed and they kind of said to us that they're a technology company and they wanted to go into um, the engineering side of it or the engineers um, having them employed they were uh, outsourcing it so they had um, uh, approved partners um, and they would do the installs and let them down at the last minute um, so they were getting behind um, on the installs because some of them that we were catching up on were like over well maybe nine ten months old sort of thing so then they just wanted to take us on and they needed the experience from the engineers sort of thing to kind of uh, get them through it and that was kind of how we were taken on to do so um, with the promise that yes we'll put you through training it ended up being a three-hour course on a friday afternoon <laughs> with a guy who it was his last day and it was kind of like right that's that's a low loss header that's a, uh, it's like mate i don't even know how this all goes together and it's like you'll be yeah. all right and it's like yeah, yeah. what <laughs> and that was him gone and you did you you found out what a low loss header was in the end did you well that was yeah because i had to i had to look it up online as well because that's the thing it's like you see these new terminologies and it's yeah yeah, we just weren't getting we weren't getting the information. We've got this little booklet which kind of explained half of it. But yeah. you look at the pipe work is piped up to the secondary heating and that's the flow, by the way, for the air yeah. source heat pump. So it's, yeah. it's kind of yeah. half cut so, sort of thing. So so what happened when you actually got out on site and started fitting these things in? Well, they had a guy who'd been um he'd worked for um uh, doing ground source heat pumps. So he kind of come into it and he was trying to show us what to do. But we kind of soon realized that being a plumber like yourself, you can soon realize if someone's kind of struggling. So it's like, and I had experience with solar thermal, uh, working for yeah. the manufacturer of that as well. So it's kind of the same thing where you're working with flows and different things like that. Some, uh, this is in. They're coming to get you now, mate. 
They're at yeah, the yeah, door. that's it. They're already here. <laughs> so he would basically, um, he'd kind of show us what to do here and there. Um, he'd mainly refer back to the manual that we'd get from the company. So you're constantly looking in that. It didn't have all the information in it. And then also with regards to sizing up the pipe work, hmm. we weren't told what sizes they had to be. Uh, you couldn't do microbore, then you could. Uh, I oh, got, really? Yeah, you just got to turn the temperature up. So, <laughs> Which makes it less efficient. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So, so you, lose, you lose your scop on that, don't you? So well, you start that, turning the temperature up. And that's the thing. So it's like, imagine they threw me in the deep end and I can swim because I'm like i the type of person that will go at night, do my research to figure it out so the next day I know what I'm doing. The problem is, it's like plumbing's like a storyline. You've got to start at the start and you end at the finish and then it just flows, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. The thing is, is when along the way, if you keep getting misinformation and it keeps changing, it's hard to create this story and eventually you end up not knowing what's what. And that's kind of the situation I was in. They kept changing the systems. We, we were doing these Samsungs and they said you've got to have a 50 litre buffer tank and that's so it can circulate through and it can do the defrost cycle. So I kind of said, look, can't we put it up in the loft? Uh, no, we can't because a guy had it in his garage. And this was an all-metal volumizer, which weren't insulated, so it's going to lose massive amounts of heat. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and he said it was freezing in his garage as well. So he said, can it yeah. go up in the loft? No. The next week, I was fitting one up in the loft with an extra pump. So yeah. it was. It, it's just crazy. It's just been like that the whole time. The reason they didn't want it to go up in the loft was because of the head. It was too much to get the water up there, so they put another pump on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you'd have a yeah. push and a pull, so basically one would push yeah. up and then you'd put one after. Yeah. If it's an insulated loft, there's still a heat loss in that loft, though, isn't there? There's still, it's, it's not that, that heat that's in that volumizer isn't actually going anywhere useful, is it? No, well, what it is, is basically, I think the, the volumizer, from what I understand of it, was basically just for the defrost cycle. So yeah, if, you oh, take okay. that, if you take that away then you need to get the heat from the radiators. So you're actually pulling heat out of the house. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, it's sufficient. But then it's, they say that it's not much energy, but I want to really look into the figures of it and they don't want to give them to me. <laughs> no, 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 they don't. I, I find that they're very quiet. On no, Nobody wants to give you figures. Even the guys who come around and sell apparently aren't allowed to tell you what kind of efficiencies you'll get out of it in case they're accused of mis-selling. So they allow the media and the advertising to say you'll get a COP or a SCOP, Seasonal Coefficient of Performance, they say you'll get four or five out of it, but they don't actually say that when they install it. When they sell you the heat pump, they won't guarantee you anything, basically. Well, that's probably the um, most optimum because they always put it in a nice sunny day in a nice area, low wind, yeah. you know, but we've, we've put them down pathways, I mean, you said someone asked you to put one underneath a tree before, like yeah, right down, yeah, yeah. down in yeah. the garden, you know. So yeah. it kind of depends where it is. What we were struggling with as well is is being on site, they had uh, site surveyors and they did not know what they were doing. Um, no, no. You know, you can't see the pipe work. Calculations were wrong. Positioning of the heat pump was wrong. Um, I mean, I've, I've left the company now, but on my last job, uh, we kind of swapped because they said, first of all, Samsung's are good. These media units are bad. The compressors are bad. They're known for it. Yeah. Then they've yeah. kind of swapped over now that we're fitting these medias and not the Samsungs anymore, which, yeah. again, completely changes the story. Then, uh, basically, we had to move it all the way around the back of the house, um, and the pipe run would have been about 30 metres. So then we would have had to go over to 35 mil. 
Oh, that's big. Copper. Yeah, through, through the floor joists. So it's funny because we just recently got a video on floor joists and I didn't know. We, we haven't been trained on any of that. So people yeah. have just been chopping up joists and I was like, look, hang on a minute. Like, because I've never really had to. You kind of reuse it yeah. or no, no. You know, been quite fortunate. But this, I was kind of like, is that allowed? So I kind yeah. of find, I had to find kind of information myself about where can you cut into joists. Uh, and, um, and when you're talking about a 35 millimeter pipe, copper pipe, you're not talking about drilling it through the middle. You're talking about notching it through the top. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, that's, I mean, a, you could. That's a fair could, old chunk. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah. So then it's kind of like, you know, with the calculations, how they kind of worked it out, you've got the first third of a joist, which rests on a wall. You can kind of tackle that bit. If it's in yeah, the middle, yeah. that's too much. So it kind of depends where, but. When you start looking at things like that, that is serious stuff. Like mm. when you're saying you've got someone professional doing a um, site survey, is it structurally safe? Can we go in yeah. there? Will they go in a loft? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We've, yeah. we've put cylinders in a loft I don't think is structurally safe. But oh, well, no. put a couple of boards down and you'll be fine. It's like, yeah. well, is it though? So a cylinder, say a 210 litre cylinder is 210 kilos plus the weight of the cylinder sitting yeah. on a four inch joist uh, in the loft. I've yeah. seen I've seen tanks, you know, sagging the ceiling before, you know. People used to just sling them anywhere, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, well, this yeah. has got a 50-litre buffer tank as well. So it's like... Yeah, yeah, just to top. add to it. Don't put your Christmas decorations in that loft because it'll bring the ceiling, the whole thing down. <laughs> <laughs> That's the straw yeah, that breaks of, the cables back. A couple of more baubles on there, yeah, that'll be it, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sounds like you had a lot of fun there, yeah? Yeah. So yeah. how were the customers? Were the customers happy or not? No, because I kind of spoke to the company about it because I um, had a sense of financial entrapment. Yeah. So I wouldn't just say this, right? So basically, I find financial entra uh, financial entrapment being you're all right, everything runs smooth up until you paid your money, and then after that, it's just nothing. Yeah. So the people are questioning what system are they getting? When are we coming round? Um, the deliveries were wrong all the time. Um, and then they're, they're not communicating. So you've got account managers there. Um, they take the phone calls. They arrange stuff with the customer. Um, they're all of a sudden not available. So we're, we're turning up on site trying to do these jobs. Um, half of it's not what's been arranged. So then you're battling with the customer, trying to make sure that they're happy as well. Doing the install feels dodgy as well because you're not really qualified. So they start asking you questions that you can't really answer. So that was kind of uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, it was always trying to sort out the problems from what was happening in the office. Yeah. And yeah. because they're a technology company, they've never had heating engineers, so they don't know how it works. And I've tried to help them along and they just don't care. Like, for instance, we had on a Friday, three other engineers. I'm pretty competent. So they're like, look, could you show these other guys what to do? So done all of that. Monday, they sent some random dude over there who, who hadn't even been with me that Friday to finish it off. And he had no experience. So he messed it all up. He put, um, you must know the press fit, he put yeah. um, water fittings on gas pipes. So basically yeah, the rubber yeah. can leak after a while. He'd done that on yeah, three yeah. different properties and he was he was a fully fledged gas engineer. Was so, he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know because um, I, <laughs> I was questioning that. I actually he said thought, he was. Is it, well, yeah, the thing is, is I thought, is there a way that you can actually get your gas ticket and get your mates to sign off the 120 hours you have to do working with an engineer because I know gas engineers that come out and do everything 
And this guy yeah. knew nothing, but he's got his gas ticket. And I'm kind of like, hang on a minute, it doesn't doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. But yeah. It can be open to fraud, is open to fraud. You know, in, in other words, uh, people are very, very clever at getting around every. And I'm just waiting for the first heat pump frauds to come where people have actually been claiming, companies claiming the grants for the heat pumps without actually carrying out an install. And I'm sure it's going to happen because whenever the government sets up a grant system, there's some clever bloke and he might be out you know in a different part of the world who's looking at this going i know how to game this i know how to get money out of this without doing anything and they've done it they've done it with every single government grant that's ever been put out there there's been fraud and and it's going to happen you know well talking about that so you think you'd be protected so they've got this thing called mcs which you obviously know is like the accreditation uh, scheme yeah when i worked for solar thermal before i worked for a company who manufactured it so we went round to service this property and he didn't have their system so it's like oh there's nothing we can do and the amount of systems that i'd seen the pipe work that was kind of prone to airlocks and everything else the the installs were horrendous they made a lot of money and then when it come to finding an engineer they said look we can't do anything with it um go on the mcs website and find an engineer so it was an elderly gentleman who paid over 200 pound for a service and i couldn't do nothing so i was like right Let's sit down, go on MCS, and we'll try and find you an installer to at least try and help you out somehow. Um, run eight companies, no one does it, couldn't get hold of anyone. So he'd basically been left with that system that he doesn't know what to do, and no one will help him out because he just can't service it. And with regards to the heat pumps, kind of I got into this as well. And I've like, you, you know, how kind of your ears pop up when someone mentions something. And MCS is kind of like a gas safe register. So they, they make yeah. their money based on subscriptions. So yeah, they're, yeah. Less li- they're less likely to come and check your work and kick you out because they'll just be. They're losing they a member. They won't have no money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's 22. Yeah. It's yeah. how do you get people to do proper installs? And that's kind of why I'm like, look, enough is enough. I mean, you can't yeah. get us to kind of do this stuff and like legal gas installs and different things like taking gas boilers out when you're not even, you know, gas safe compared to doing it properly. Yeah, I just want to ask you, Mike, because um, some people might be interested in this. On a typical install, we've got a gas boiler sitting on the wall and they're going to take the gas boiler out. They're going to put a heat pump in, yeah? So they put the heat pump on the patio more or less under where the gas boiler would be under the flue of the gas boiler sitting on the patio, drill a couple of holes through the wall, put the pipes through the wall and connect them up to the boiler pipes are going to take the boiler boiler out so your flow and return are going into the flow and return where your boiler was is that right right okay yeah kind of it's basically so you've got a pre-plumbed cylinder mm-hmm. and then you've got a heat exchanger so yeah. what you'll have is the glycol liquid from the heat pump like you said you take the yeah. boiler out you'd fill up the hole for the flue you drill your pipes through and then they connect up to the cylinder so you'll have 228 yeah. mils one goes yeah. directly through the coil that's going to be glycol and the yeah. other one goes to a heat exchanger, a heat plate. Yeah. And then yeah. it comes back down and goes to the unit. So that's kind of like yeah. a, a short cycle. And then the heating, we tie that into the heat exchanger on the other side. And when you bring the heat pump glycol, uh, flow and return from the heat pump in on the 28s, yeah, where yeah. is that cylinder? Is that cylinder where the boiler was or what? Um, no, well, that depends because the cylinders, they're like 250 litres or 300 litres. So because if you had a gas boiler, because the temperature of water is at 70, it's a lot hotter. So if you imagine if you have to mix the water, you use a lot less hot. But with a heat pump, because they run at a lower temperature, you'd need yeah. more of that water to actually have a shower. So you use yeah. more so they, so they need bigger Good. cylinders. And 
these take up a lot of room. I mean, especially with the buffer vessels when we're putting them together. Um, yeah, I mean, that's like two cylinders next to each other and you lose all the space above it. You've got three expansion vessels. I mean, I've got some pictures and that it's, it's huge. And some of the engineers were taking up whole cupboards and it was kind yeah, of like, yeah. it's more industrial. So, I mean, you need a mansion <laughs> just to fit it, really. Well, so so what happens when somebody's got a combi boiler and they, they don't have an airing cupboard, they don't have a cylinder, so you've got to put a cylinder in. You've got to find somewhere to put that, yeah? Yeah. Is that is that the surveyor who does that, who works that out, or what? Yeah, yeah, well, they go out, but we've had it before where um, they said it would easily fit, and it wouldn't um, because you've got the buffer tank, so then you might have to put that in a loft or uh, mm. somewhere else. So they've kind of got the media unit, which uses a low-loss header. With a 250-litre cylinder in a small gap, I had to take the face of the door and everything off with a low-loss header just about fit. I mean... You'll have to undo your blow-off to get to the valve, but <laughs> it fits. And really? Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like I had to go there, assess the job again, because they're not plumbers. They were just people who went out and done calculations on the houses. They've got no experience as a plumber, so they wouldn't know if we're going through the yeah. floors. So, yeah, the calculations, everything they calculated was, was I, kind I, of... I used, to, I used to do quite a lot of um, jobs for a company, and that when their surveyors went out, they measured up. They thought, oh, the cylinder are going there, but they forgot about leaving enough space to remove the immersion heater or something like that if it needed to be removed. So that's the kind of thing where you end up drilling a hole in the wall to get the immersion heater out because, you know, it's just like get your core drill out. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because we have had that and it's like I've gone back to it, but this is inexperienced engineers and it's not their fault. So they're yeah. thrown in the deep end. They have to because the problem was is, is they kind of mentioned with the training that there's no time, but they started taking on more engineers, got greedy, and then it was just more and more installs. And I was getting engineers ringing me up and they're kind of like, oh, what do I do here? What do I do there? So I'm trying to help them to yeah, try yeah. and at least get them through. Because, yeah, when the RHI finishes, that's when it's all kind of over. And I went back yeah. to a few jobs and you've got the immersion at the side. So you'd never be able to get it out. And all the pipe work, it's, it's all fixed. So you're going to have to twist the whole cylinder, take it all apart, or like you said, drill a hole in the yeah, side. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Knock just things that... Yeah, and the funny thing is, is I went on the engineers chat and I said, look, guys, just think about this, your immersion heater. I work for um, a cylinder manufacturer, so you've got the um, high temp pressure relief, has a little mm. probe on it. That's right, yeah. I've, yeah. I've seen that pointed up against the wall before, so you'll never you can't get, it, get out. it out. You obviously, you left the company at some point. The renewable heat incentive finished, the RHI finished. And we haven't quite got to the point where we were picking up on the new grant, the £5,000 that comes in for air source yeah. so what did that company do during that time is it still busy or not that was interesting because um right so i was ill for january i'd had covid over christmas and i had a severe lung infection so i kind of got a bit behind because i run the oxford area this is kind of like yeah if i'm not here to do the jobs they had no one else who could so we kind of got behind um and then they're looking at all these kind of other things other ways to do stuff so at the start they said we'd be a commissioning engineer so they'd train us then they started taking on these random people who couldn't be bothered to help us on the jobs. Um, they'd become the commissioning engineers. Then as we got towards the RHI, the end of it, they said, right, we're going to have to get you to do the commissioning. So it was a last minute rush because they didn't have enough people to do it. So then they said, we'll get on there with the lead engineers with a phone. We can record it and then kind of like do it like that. And it's like, mm. where's the training? I told you this months ago and they mm. just they just weren't bothered. Then it was um, in order to get the grant because they didn't want to let people down. 
um, they quickly try to install the cylinder or just the heat pump. Just put the heat pump in, plug Boy. it in, connect it up. <laughs> and then, yeah. so April was going back and doing all the radiators. <laughs> so it's just, got as long it. as the system was in, that was it. And they've got them over the, over the line sort of thing and going back and doing the radiators and um, stuff like that. I'd like to talk to you about controls as well, just briefly, because they've got to have some kind of weather compensation on them to work efficiently, haven't they, really? You need to have that. Now, these are smart controls, and I'm getting a lot of emails now. We're getting a lot of emails on Skill Builder from people who are saying, this is an absolute nightmare, this control system, because it seems to be switching itself on and off regardless of what we want. And it seems like they've handed the whole job over to a computer. They've now got no control over their heating system whatsoever, and it, it's just running them up with the thing. So what's your experience of smart controls on these systems? It's a smart thermostat, and they've got like this little round thing, which is like a little node, and that's the thermostat that you have to put in the rooms. And they had the first version. I noticed that because they took on a lead engineer for um, the, electric, um, the electrical side of things, um, he was the only one who knew how to wire it up. We'd get the system up and running. We'd have to use a thermostat for it, just a normal room thermostat. Um, so they'd be able to kind of control it just like the old fashioned way. So you go into yeah. that um, and then this system, this smart thermostat would then be installed. It, w- it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work properly. It would, uh, people would kick people out. The Wi-Fi connection, it was always a nightmare trying to get Wi-Fi connection. We had people where, um, say, for instance, on a Samsung unit, it's all wired into the board. You've got um, a timer clock. So you have to do the Legionnaires once a week. So you have to set the timer clock once for it to come on. So if ever anything didn't work with the unit, you can actually just flick the switch, turn the timer clock on so your immersion's hardwired into the electric sort of thing. Yeah. But where you've got a Samsung, because it's in the unit, this, this the smart thermostat takes over everything. So you can't actually switch the immersion on. So we've had people who didn't have no heating, but no hot water neither. And yeah. bearing in mind, right, these people are paying twelve to £15,000 for an installation. If you look on the website, they're saying we're the best thing since sliced bread. We've got it all yeah. sorted and everything else. And it's kind of like we're getting into situations like that. And I said, look, yeah. I said, why don't we just, because I, I just speak my mind. I was like, why don't we get a hive or a nest? And then basically... Yeah. Get that installed so it works and it does work because um the lead engineer showed me the other day i think they had two heat pumps doing two separate things and he used like a, a hive on that the system that we had couldn't do it um mm. the first one couldn't do underfloor heating really yeah yeah that's, so it, that's a it, bit of a problem isn't it <laughs> well yeah it's like microsoft you know they throw something out there they let you tinker about with it for two years and then it's finally ready to be used and it's it's yeah. kind of like yeah. with people people having that and the misinformation they're on like in the office doing back things in the background updating stuff and not telling anyone um yeah. so it's just it's just guesswork as well when customers yeah. are saying to me I've, I've tried to turn this down it's going up to 45 degrees and i don't know what it's doing and it's yeah it's all kind of like i mean i watched the video on it as well and they kind of say like look it's to basically take all the kind of pressure off of you if there is any setting a programmer um, turning the heating up um, but yeah they want to control all of that uh, on the pretense of um, saving money so that was like a beta version that they put out they were using the consumers to do the research for them and then tweaking it as they went yeah yeah and, and they're not uh, even telling customers this neither so you know where i said look at least have the hive where you can control it manually or override it you know i had a customer ring me up he's like 
they've come round. They've uh, lagged the hot and the cold pipes together. I can't control this system, like you know what I mean. And I'm like, right, I'm on holiday, mate. But when I get back, I'll come and have a look. So <laughs> really, yeah, he's an elderly yeah. gentleman. That's the one where they sent like five, yeah. six different engineers around there, yeah. all doing random yeah. different things. Plumbers get a bad press, you know. People are oh, rip off plumbers and all the rest of it. But I know people like yourself and. You know, I've done it. You, it, it. These old people, when they're stuck, you just go around and help them out, don't you? You know, you're not there to make money. You're just out there. See, you, hang on a minute. This guy fought in a war and now he's freezing to death. You know, I've got to do something for him. And it's that kind of thing where you just, you know, people people think we're all rogues. But a lot of the time, like you say, you're on holiday, but you're thinking, no, when I get back, I'll come and see you. So see if I can see if I can help. There's no no money in it for you, is there? It's just just trying to do the decent thing, really. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, like, there's certain vulnerable people. I mean, we've we've done a lot of vulnerable installs as well, where you know there was a lady she had dementia, um, and her husband's there as well. We need to get in and out, and we weren't in and out. And I was like, guys, do you you do realise what's going on here? It's like they can't be disturbed as much. And you know, like yourself, it's elderly. I don't leave anyone without heating. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Especially in the winter. Um, yeah, there's yeah. just certain morals I think that comes you know don't be a plumber <laughs> if you don't well, that's, that's true yeah. if when I was choosing which of the building trades I wanted to enter nobody said to me oh you'll be there at 11 o'clock at night trying to get their heating back on because you can't leave them without it you know the brick has gone home at four o'clock the carpenter's not too worried but the, the poor old plumber is there you know trying to sort things out and they're going oh when are we going to get the heating on when are we going to get the heating on you do feel you do feel that you take the responsibility on your shoulders don't you for all these things you know I like the way that technology works and I think there needs to be more kind of information out there and what like we were saying before like with heat geek i mean you know they they know what they're talking about they've got a course out there now which is for bpec which is fair play mm. but they've not shown any of their installs they've not shown the efficiency of it and it's kind of like well i've got the information but it's in my course you gotta buy my course and it's like well you can tell someone how a cylinder works don't mean that they, they're able to install it like there's a lot more to it but yeah, yeah. and that's why i wanted to do it i thought right just come out just have a look see how it works and just say look this might be for you might not you know, I even thought of an idea. Why can't you have a solar thermal heat pump? So, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. basically, well, they, do exist. Or... They, they do exist, don't they? I mean, it's a brilliant idea if you can get a solar thermal back up on it. But again, it's not a cheap unit, is it? By the time you put solar thermal, I mean, I, I've done a lot of sol solar thermal. I've got it on my house. I love it, actually. I enjoy doing it. And um, when people said to me, well, when's the payback? When am I going to get my money back? I said, quite honestly, you probably never will. You want to do it because you want to do the right thing. You want to save the planet. Then fine. Dylan had it in his house and we used to... We used to compare what we were getting out of solar thermal on the controller. I'd be going, oh, I've got 92 degrees today. And he'd go, beat you, I've got 98 or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, no, we enjoyed having the solar thermal. It's not a cost-effective thing because the cost of putting the panels in, all the pipe work and the cylinder, it may now, of course, with the gas prices going up, it may be a, a proposition again. I think the thing is, is that the way it's been introduced now is not on new builds. So a lot of people are buying these houses and they don't know how they work. So they're just uh, switching it off. But that's like switching off the cooling liquid to your engine. It's, you, yeah. you can't because yeah. as soon as the glycol starts to boil, your pumps, yeah. you, do you know what I mean? It, it just causes it goes problems. into the sticky goo after that, doesn't it? Mentioning glycol, by the way, you, you put that into the, the heat pumps. You're trying to limit the length of the pipework, but you're saying to me you're going to put a cylinder up there. So that bit is, that 28 mil pipework that you put in from the heat pump to the cylinder is full of glycol. What happens there if that leaks? Is that a bit of a mess or not? Or is that all right? Well, they can do, yeah. I mean, they've had because um, they've had so many different engineers going to um, to these houses. They've each done a little bit, and um, there was uh, yeah, connection on top of the buffer weren't uh, 
weren't connected. So it was a blue fountain of uh, <laughs> oh, 28 mil everywhere. Yeah. And I mean, I, because the thing is, is if you use a heat, a plate heat exchanger, you only need like a short circuit of, of glycol. But if you use the low loss header, because it's a whole open system, it just mixes. So all your radiators will be uh, full of blue liquid as well. Oh, really? Uh, I, th oh, yeah. I think there's a coil inside them. It's, I, I remember doing my initial drawing and, and um, Adam at Heat Kicks, he said, oh, that's no good. That's just a, that's just a, a, a thermal store you've put in there. That's not a buffer tank. But I was thinking, well, if you didn't do that, you would get glycol in the rats, which I wouldn't think was a great idea. But that's, you're telling me that's what happens. What, what are we talking about? 40% glycol or something? I, I don't, don't know. Well, I, <laughs> thing, I didn't have a refractometer, so they wouldn't give me one. And we just had one tub we just chucked in with a load of water, got it up to pressure and left it. Chucked it in and hope for the best. So, well, no, so it, it was it would go back to commissioning it, but the, the the lead engineer was commissioning it with not enough glyco in because I had the experience with solar thermal. I said, look, if you don't meet the criteria that they're asking for in the warranty, I said you've just voided the warranty by signing exactly. it off. Yeah. I said, yeah. so what are you doing? And then two weeks later, he's like, yeah, you come out with what I said, and I was like, guys, <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> I wish you'd had a camera with you and. I think we could we could have your adventures. We, you could write a book. Why don't you write a book? <laughs> that's well, that's, the thing is, is uh, it's it's just speaking out. I mean, I don't like the way that I've been treated, the way the customers have been treated. Um, and, you know, I believe as well that the smarter we get, I mean, we're not stupid people. People can understand plumbing. They'll have more understanding of what we have to go through. You know, it's not all just sunshines and rainbows. You've got to work on toilets that have been there for years and soil pipes and stuff. So just trying to make people aware of things. And if that is the route we're going to have to take. But also because, you know, we're, you're a plumber, I'm a plumber. It's like, well, that doesn't sound right. I wouldn't invest. I mean, I had this training course as well. And this guy's like, I'll oh, get a hybrid system. He's like, well, you have your gas boiler here and you have your heat pump there. And I was like, well, what's the point in that? It's like, what's the point in having a gas boiler and a heat pump? You're supposed to get rid of one to do the other. And it's yeah, like there are some exceptions where you can't have a heat pump because of some restriction. And this is when they're talking about outlawing gas boilers. You've got to have a heat pump. And then they're going to have to acknowledge that some people can't have a heat pump for one reason or another. Then they'll allow you to have a gas boiler. And they will have these units, which are gas boilers with heat pumps inside them having a hybrid system where you've got you know a gas boiler and a heat pump in one unit so whichever one is the more efficient on the day kicks in it's a great idea i mean you can get smart meters that check the spot prices on electricity and gas and switch on whichever one's cheaper but it's not about that to them it's about saving the environment and they think that gas boilers are the devil's work and that's it isn't it I mean, if you think about these installs and say, for instance, you've got to go back a lot, if you're right, so you're supposed to be saving energy on the install. So you go there, you're there for three days, you do the install and then you go away. Not ordering materials weeks after going back each time. It's like, how are you saving on efficiency there? And it just doesn't make any sense if you if you understand. They're ignoring what they call the embedded carbon in the in the, the, the product, which is 5% of the global carbon emissions are in steel making. So every time you make a car, every time you make a boiler, every time you make a heat pump, you're adding carbon to the, the atmosphere. So then you've got to transport it. Then you've got to get your engineers who are driving diesel vans in to do it. So at the point where it starts to break even, 
is not going to be on day one when you start using a heat pump, go on, I good. It's going to be probably a couple of years down the line before it's actually started to tip the balance, which I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but I think you yeah. have to acknowledge that in all these things. And if you get a case where I've seen, you know, they've had some bad ones. I mean, that, that rip-off Britain did a story where they actually took out loads and loads of heat pumps on Housing Association because they put them in, they weren't working, they took them all out and put gas boilers back in. How does that help the environment? You know, it's this like, you know, it's got to yeah. work. And this is my big problem with it is that if it doesn't work you're putting it into properties where it will not work there's loads of factors they don't speak about i mean heat geek kind of covered it a bit where they said that if you have too many fans in sync it's going to echo mm. like it does with the motorway like you said you can't have a heat pump everywhere we're installing them and taking them out we've got the government's just shaking a wand or like do you know what i mean here's five grand come and get it but yeah, i'm yeah. kind of also saying that like with regards i mean i worked for a respectable company and they're not even doing it properly. And from the training that I was hearing as well, they're just making it up as they go along. If that's what your training's going to be, you know, what can we take from all of this as well? So it's kind of like make sure that proper gas engineer comes around. Ask, is it a commissioning engineer? Um, do they know anything about pipe sizing or stuff like that? Just to kind of, or, or like you said, where they're installing it and taking it away. Test it first. Let them test it. Let it do it in their own time, in their own money. I would have thought, a good place to start, if you were the government, a good place to start would have been to put a heat pump into the 10 Downing Street and see how you got on. They've never done that. They don't have heat pumps in government buildings. They don't have them in schools. They don't have them in hospitals. There's loads of places they could have put heat pumps in without any of this ground business just saying, right, let's try them out in schools, for example. You know, that would be a fair one, but they didn't. They went for houses and they started this nonsense grant here, grant there, a completely uncontrolled environment as far as I'm concerned. It just doesn't add up. It really doesn't add up. The funny thing is with these grants and that is um, the people we'd mainly go around is people with Teslas. They've got solar panels on the roof and they've got plenty of money. Um, yeah, even yeah. the boss of the company, who's a multi-millionaire, has three heat pumps in Cascade. He's got a 4,000 litre buffer tank. And I think the amount of RHI he gets back every year is insane. He gets yeah, so yeah. much money back. We had a guy come on there who had a heat pump installed. He had So what he wanted to do is he wanted to explain. He was just a customer, and he wanted to explain the whole process of going all green with solar panels everything else. He's like, oh, well, he said, we bought a Tesla for 140 grand, but we got 95 grand tax relief from the government. <laughs> 95 grand, like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, that's, why Elon, that's why Elon Musk is the richest man in the world, isn't it? Well, yeah. You know, this is what's happening all the time. It's, it's robbing the poor to pay the rich. And, and the heat pump, it, you know, the grant system, if you can afford a heat pump, you know, £10,000 on top of the £5,000 grant you get to put a system in, you know, in a reasonably large house. Okay, so fifteen grand. You talk to the average working person, they're never going to be able to scrape together that kind of money when they're struggling to pay their fuel bills anyway. It's just, yeah. it, it, it's, it's immoral. I think it's immoral. Well, it is, and it's funny that now the RHI has ended, that the uh, the electric prices have gone up, so now customers are yeah. paying even more now. Get, get rid yeah. of the gas boiler. So I'm kind of yeah, like, well, that's right. how well have we actually done for them? <laughs> and, and and what's going to happen then is going to move the tariff across from the electric into the gas, so the gas price is going to go up even more, which is what I said in my video. The fix will be that you put the gas prices up so much that the electricity then looks cheap. Then it's a no-brainer. You've got to have a heat pump. You know, so yeah, that's yeah. that's how controlling the markets, controlling yeah, the absolutely, yeah, it's the sort of thing they're doing. So, 
Yeah, sort of thing they do in the Soviet Union, and, and you know, it's never worked for them. <laughs> no, anyway, no, that's it. <laughs> I could talk to you all afternoon, mate, and I'm sure you've got things to do. You've got to go and earn a living now. You've given that other job up, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, so uh, plenty of work, mate. No worries. <laughs> really? Oh, good. Well, that's no, good to know. Properly, then, yeah, it, should, it shouldn't be too bad. You sound but... like an honest guy, and you work in the Oxford area, do you? Yeah, I do, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we get we get asked all the time for good plumbers and so on, and so maybe maybe we can keep your details and pass you on because you do sound like my kind of person. That's what I'm saying. You know, the, oh no, the, what you're saying rings a lot of you know bells with me as well. You know, so well, keep it up. Being honest and no, thank yeah. you. Just being honest and yeah. just making people aware before you put your money out there. You know, just be careful. Ask them about more information. Uh, have all the engineers been fully trained put some information out there of what to kind of ask of your engineers and then you just put them on the spot and then it's kind of like look at least you know what you're getting rather than just chaos because there's I've, I've seen a lot of it and it's not fair with people you know we're in the summer now so we're lucky with people don't need their heating on but when these prices go up in the autumn and people get their first load of bills it's just going to be so much you know so much unrest and heartache with it. People won't be able to pay it. You know, some people, I'm not everybody, but some people will just find it impossible to heat their homes, you know, and that's that's what we're faced with. You know, one of those things, a lot of reasons for it, but it's, I don't think that giving the £5,000 away to people who can already afford a heat pump is going to help those people. You never hear them paying it to pensioners to kind of get them through, do you, when they've kind of, like, done all the work and that. It's kind of like they can't fight back now, and it's kind of like... Uh, the only thing they've got left is a vote. <laughs> well, and us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good. Well, it's great. Right. Thank you very much for coming on. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, it's one of the most illuminating discussions we've had on here with uh, on Zoom. So I hope people enjoy it, and um, maybe we'll talk again soon, yeah? Okay, thanks a lot, Roger. We're going to stay out of jail. That's the important That's thing. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. All right. Cheers, all right, Mike. You take care. Thanks a lot, mate. Thank you. Thank you.